This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Question time on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. A lot of questions about the changes in the AFL CEO landscape. We'll uh, limit them to one, actually. Josh Shrive on Facebook. And the reason I'm limiting, limiting them to one is because we discussed it at length in the main body. What's the first thing you think Andrew Dillon needs to do now that he's got the top job? I'll give that to you, Hutchie. Oh, thank you, Damo. It's a nice soft one to start with. Oh, well, I'll jump in if you Resolve if you want. Hawthorne. Yeah, resolve Hawthorne. Get concussion sorted quickly. Yep. And fix Sydney. I'd, I'd have those place. three amongst my selections too. Yeah. You, you Dan got... on the farm says, as a regular listener of the rub on Triple M, I find it odd that Damo is introduced as the biggest newsbreaker in the business. I agree that he's probably the most high-profile media personality, but he hasn't broken a story in years. <laughs> when does a journalist become into an opinion driver? I put Damo in the same bracket as Carol or Patrick Smith. Oh, God. I rate his views on all things football, Carol. but on these shows he reads the headlines and then gives his tips and tries to be the funny guy. Love the pod. <laughs> Dan! Oh, a little side-off. Love the pod at the end. <laughs> can I just can I just try and jump in on this? Dan. Thanks, Dan. I agree with you, Dan. <laughs> I've got many flaws, Dan. <laughs> But what I'm going to claim, I'm going to claim this one. I feel very much part of the journey of you from newsbreaker to opinionist. Well, you, you told me I needed I to go this far. I pitched it to you five years ago. This is, no. this is I think it was go. longer than that ago. I didn't yeah. say stop breaking stories, by the way. You've actually <laughs> abandoned, you haven't broken I don't wind for I, three years. I don't think I've abandoned it, Hutchie. <laughs> Other aspect of that too, Dan, we don't talk footy on Triple M. We, we, we basically choose not to. But fair points, Dan. Yeah. Congratulations to the new um, SCA uh, CEO, by the way, John Kelly, who was announced this week for Triple Grant yep. Blackley's choosing his Congratulations to Grant, who did a great yep. job. Yep. Yep. Week three of asking the same question, says Alison Crabb, but I don't know what's about to happen here. Is there a reason why gambling ads are played on SEN at 8.20 each morning when parents are driving children to school? Is this a strategic move or just a coincidence? Alison, no, it is. Or well, there is a, uh, a short gambling piece there at that time of the morning and... Well, it's a breakfast show, so it has to run somewhere in the breakfast show. And the uh, the reason why it's at the same time every morning is because it can't run in some states, given the compliance regulations. So it's easier to have it at a fixed time where it can be uh, edited in other markets. Jared on Twitter, Hutchie, do you use the many hours you have on flights to catch up on sleep or on work? It's a great question. I, I'm 50, 50, well, probably 75, 25, work for sleep. So... I start working until I fall asleep, basically, is the rule of, rule of thumb. I've witnessed you on some planes, Hachi, and you are a ferocious responder of emails on planes. and, and Just what, land yeah. and whoosh. And what I've noticed, because I used to receive some of these when I wasn't on the same flight as you, you, you somehow, even before Wi-Fi became a, a regular, you would just bang out, I'm not, I don't think I'm exaggerating this, am I? 150, 200 emails in a, in a flight? I could, but Long international flight, one. Yeah. yeah. And then you would land, you would find a point of Wi-Fi, and then whoosh, People would get them, and they'd get them at two thirty-eight a.m. in their time frame. Oh, and you'd get seven in a row. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you have to respond. Uh, Trent on now. That's another Andrew Dillon one. Um, where are we? Where are we? How do the media decide what protest is newsworthy? This is from Danny May on Twitter. It seems like every global warming protest gets blanket coverage, even if only ten to twenty people attend. If I got fifty people. To protest about roadwork delays, how would media decide if it's newsworthy? Good question, Danny. The answer to that, Danny, is the quality of the pictures, not the topic. So if the pictures are strong, if they're demonstrative, if they look angry, they make more noise. Did a good chant? 
Yep. Good it's, chance. It's all about. Unfortunately, physical yep. violence attracts media too. And, that, and that, that is not a selling yep. point of a protest. So it's the quality of the pitch is not the topic. Well, famously, year, 10 years ago, I, and we've run this on our Saturday morning off the bench show every week for 10 years. Oh, that, that audio. <laughs> I was watching the channel 10 years at one of these instances. What do we want? No mosque. When do we want it now? Still my favourite audio. <laughs> JM on Twitter. How are podcasts monetized? Is it simply the ads and sponsors who pay a flat fee or is it per download? Do the podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple, listener pay or just make the product available? Fantastic question because a lot of people are trying to make money out of podcasts. Yeah, there's, there's different ways. There's a direct advertiser relationship like we have with Drinkwise where we uh, have a commercial partnership on the direction of the show and its platforms and how we make that work for their messaging and for ours and the scale that they require. And then there's um, more of a programmatic or kind of annuity revenue model, which is a model that, say, some of the other younger podcasters have gone down. Yep. People need to know, though, there's not money to be made, though, is there? It's a long rope, short slide. Yeah. As as good... As an idea as it always is, and it's great to be able to express views, yeah. but the money side of it is yet to I, be. I called Damo in commercial terms a loss leader. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google loss leader. Yeah, it's yeah I'm sure everyone knows what it, what it means. <laughs> That's what Damo is on the on the balance sheet. Is a loss leader. I think I've been part of your soft thing though, haven't I? Which which is part of that well, loss hard, leading. Hard to quantify that in the loss leading. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Lukerman on Facebook. Thoughts on Buzz Rothfield breaking bread with Hutchie Sydney Station. I didn't catch up with this. The great Buzz in Sydney. What's happened there? No, he's got a new column on the Sunday Daily Telegraph, which is very good, on Media Street. And it's worked well in Melbourne for many years, the Media Street focus. And Buzz has written about media successfully for many years and has just curated that merely into its own environment in the paper. And I believe it's going very well. Has he been complimentary of your station? I haven't read. I haven't been. Are, are you buying Buzz's Intel? I haven't. I'm back in Sydney today. I haven't been for a couple of weeks. Oh, so wow. Um, a couple more to finish. How warm can Hutchie get? Speaking of warming, this is from JDs on Twitter. He has now done the Howie Games. Is he at room temperature yet? Do you think many Damo will be encouraging his boss to follow a similar path? And when we see politicians on the Howie Games, PS, does this actually work? And does anyone care? Has that been published yet? The Howie Games. I think it's you? out. This week or something? or I think the profile was, went to air last week, maybe. I wasn't aware of it. I was aware of the interview you did. Did you give him a hard time? Oh, yeah. yeah. And and I cannot wait to listen to it, Hutchie. How did he respond to Jane, the... Jane, we will have to get some... How did he respond nice to the work. grilling? Um, well, I, I, I exposed him because he, at short, relatively short notice, had to go to India to cover yep. the IPL. And as such, he littered a couple of uh, Howie games in the, in the can. And I think you were gettable, Hutchie. I was the in the I can guy. I think you were easy, easily gettable. <laughs> I was the in the can guy. I, I was the break glass in case of emergency. Now, am I right? Because I did remember at the time, I wrote notes on it at the time in my notebook. Uh, was it in Adelaide when you did the interview? No, I was in Melbourne. Melbourne. Okay. All right. Well, I've, I'll refer to my notes before I bring this to our listeners. It's a great, uh, great opportunity to promote the SCN app. And an even better one to promote listener. Austin via email. Damo, were you aware that Hachi had to leave his flagship radio show off the bench 30 to 60 minutes early on both April 15 and April 22 to attend corporate functions? I can recall him being critical of JB doing the same thing not that long ago. Hachi, please explain. Austin. No, Austin, I wasn't aware. Austin. He's documented this. Austin, that's a, that's, first of all, your numbers are out a little bit there, Austin, to be fair. Well, it was more than 30 or 60 minutes. And... 
It was in the last hour of the program. Oh, Austin. Melbourne. Austin, you've ever revealed something very big here. I like it. And I am running a business, Austin, as the first point of call. So the radio on Saturday mornings is a support mechanism to the running of the business. Thank you for listening to the last hour, though, uh, Austin. I appreciate it. <laughs> One more. Jack Gillum email. If Hutchie was running an AFL club, brackets, which needs to happen, and, I, and I've long said that too, Jack, is there a gap in the calendar in which he would lobby the AFL to introduce a new marquee game for his club? There is, Jack. And I've said this many times, so I'm, it's a broken record. But the Sydney teams, Swans and Giants, particularly the Giants, need to pull their season forward before the rest of the AFL season. The NRL had a two-week free hit, and they destroyed the AFL in Sydney in those two weeks this year. You're by big the, on this, by aren't the you? time the AFL got on, it was round three in the NRL, and momentum had swung. Ko subscriptions had driven; they were off to the races. New club, Dolphins, all the talk of the of both states. So I would pull forward both teams and start them earlier in those markets. So the easiest way to do that is probably Giants versus Collingwood at, say, ANZ Stadium a week before the season starts. Starts Thursday anyway. I'd pull it forward to the weekend, just gone. Even better, I'd pull the whole season forward one week. So Melbourne gets the public holiday on the Monday, which is the May March 11 sort of public holiday. And I would go a week earlier than that in Sydney and the Giants, and I'd play them Friday night, Saturday night, on their own a week, then they have a bye the weekend after, or they get thinned out in the fixture in the early part of the rounds. You come with a lot of bad ideas, Hutchie, but I like that one. We are just on too late. We at the AFL are on too late to compete with the NRL in Sydney in March. There you go. That's not the panacea, by the way. It's a much bigger job than that. But it's a small step towards progress. I like the idea. I don't know if it's workable, but I like the And they're unloved. They're unloved. There's problems in Sydney. Yep. yep. At a time, the, the 19th licence is coming in. That was question time on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the sounding board questions with Hachi and Damo. Send us your questions via Twitter or Facebook at Sounding Board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to, rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts.